Hey guys, we'll get started in just one minute, but I wanted to give you some good news. We've got our Worship and Creative Conference coming up in October, the 23rd to the 25th, and you can join us online. So as a thank you to you, our podcast listeners, for being with us on the journey, we wanted to give you a discount, 20% off the whole online conference. Go to hillsong.com forward slash WCC and use the promo code PODCAST19. And now, let's roll the intro. Hillsong Creative Podcast, where we hear from creative experts, influencers, dreamers, and doers, what they've learned and what we can learn from their journey as we explore, respond, and create. This is Rich Langton, and welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I'm so excited for this one, and I hope you are too. Hey, if you're new here, welcome. It's so great that you've joined us. Hit the subscribe button and become part of this community. We've got this growing group of people that are exploring faith and creativity and arts and church and how it all mixes together and how we can outwork living for Jesus in this unique kind of creative way. I'd love it if you're with us in this journey and you've been here for a bit. I'd love it if you'd let us know by giving us a rating on iTunes or writing a review. It's always great to hear what you love about the podcast, what you'd like us to cover, and it's just great to hear from you. So head over there and do that. Hey, guess what? We are only two months away from our Worship and Creative Conference. So if you'd like to come to Sydney, if you'd like to be a part of it, I would suggest getting in quick because we only have a few registrations left. You can go to hillsong.com forward slash WCC to get all the information, to find out about it. But I would suggest doing that now. You won't regret it. It's going to be awesome. Hey, on today's episode, we have the one and only Joel Houston from Hillsong United. This is the first time that Joel's been on the podcast. We've had some of the other United team. Taya's been on a few times and JD, Matt Crocker was on. Go back and check out those episodes if you want to. But we are talking, it's myself at Hillsong Conference with Joel. We're talking on the Hillsong Backstage program. It was a live interview we did. Lots of noise in the background, lots going on. But he and I had this great conversation about some of the songs from the People album, my memory of the recording which happened at the Worship and Creative Conference, and also just where Joel's at and where the tour's at, and a little bit of a sneak peek into the future of United maybe. He hints at a few things. I don't know, I don't want to say too much. Let's jump into the interview and you can check it out. I was thinking about November last year, Worship Conference at the Hills Campus, and um, I had high expectations because it was the Midnight Massive kind of moment. And I was ready for God to speak or do something just to move and to worship. But I wasn't ex- exactly sure what was going to happen because we were recording the People album. And so you jump up and I thought you'd go this way and you went that way. Do you remember like that moment of when it all began, the recording? Um, vaguely, right. yeah, it's a bit of a blur. Because normally now. we would plan those moments, generally speaking, and you start with a bang or whatever, something to grab people's attention, get the people going and, and, and focus in the right direction. Uh-huh. And it wasn't that moment. You sat down and it was a pretty quiet moment and it was not necessarily what you'd call perfect. It certainly wasn't perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. Yeah. Because I think what it did is it, it, it arrested people's attention, certainly mine, 
in a way that was um, just unusual. Um, sometimes you can get into the rut of doing church and singing songs. And yeah, we did that, but we didn't start in, you know, in the normal direction. Yeah, yeah I don't know. There was something, um, it's because I'm just trying to remember. I mean, so much has happened even since then. But, you know, I just, I, I wasn't there at the Midnight Mass of the year before, you know, so I didn't even know what, what, we, were what we were doing, talking about. You know, <laughs> right. I was just like, I was just doing some 90 minutes or two hours of worship. Yeah. And, um, you know, we had all these songs and they're in varied forms of, of being finished and, and, or completion. And mm. I loved it. Like, I actually loved the process of, um, you know, kind of bringing the songs, mm. even in the lead up weeks to it, just yeah. kind of in, that's still in process, you know? Mm-hmm. And I don't know, that, to me, there's, a, there's maybe some kind of uh, metaphor in that for our own lives, you know, like, like God doesn't wait for us to kind of have it all together before right. He wants us to play our part, you know, yeah. but we've kind of works in progress. And mm. so I was like, hey, like this is a safe space for us just to kind of be yeah. ourselves. And I think there's so much we do. I mean, even at Hillsong Conference, especially because it's, you know, everything is just kind of wired and perfect and to the dot. And, and it has to be that way because uh, out of respect, I guess, for everybody's time and people and yeah. just everything that has to happen. Mm. But what I loved about Worship Conference and what we were doing there mm. is um, we were free to break a, maybe some more rules mm. or like to let it fly a little bit. Yeah. And, and for, to just kind of, I, th- I think sometimes you have to just allow that space. And that's what we we're really chasing after. Because I didn't, I didn't really go into it with m- many, many expectations. Right. Um, we were just talking about this before, you know, like we were just talking about Louis' message this morning mm-hmm. and... I think one of the things that can sometimes be a hindrance, there's a paradox in it, but expectations, mm. you know, I think, you know, especially if you're growing up in any kind of faith environment, it's like, you know, like, what are you expecting? You know, mm-hmm. what are you ex- expectancy? You know, mm-hmm. it's like this you know, environment where God can move. And I, and I totally see that. But there's also a side where expectancy can just be like a setup for disappointment, you yeah. know, or like, or if you just kind of go, I don't know, maybe like to uh, complacency or, mm. you know, and I love that that was challenged this morning. Like Louis started off mm. and he just said, like, don't get used to this, you know, mm. like don't. And, and I, that's the way I feel about everything. I don't, yeah. I don't ever want to get used to it. So when mm. we in, went into that, I don't know, I didn't go with, with huge expectations. Mm. I just kind of knew that if we went in there and just kind of allow God to move and you don't have to work it up too much sometimes. Mm. Like, yeah, 100%. You know? and, um, so that was, that was it. I don't really remember yeah. what happened, but I remember that we finished on the dot at midnight. It was awesome. And it was, yeah, I can't remember what happened in the middle. Yeah, me neither really, yeah. apart from it was great. Yeah, I mean, and, and obviously we captured the People album. Yeah. And then since then, like obviously you've been touring that, but, but before that it got released and went around the world. For us at church though, um, I think that the songs have just been fresh and brought fresh life to, mm. to congregation, to church, you know. And in that, there's some sort of authenticity that we captured on the night that's reverberated yeah. or, I don't know, kept going. Yeah, yeah. Was that intentional at all? Yeah, well, I think it comes back to, I mean, it's just timing. Like for me, I mean, there's obviously what was going on in my life. There's obviously what was going on, I think, in church at the time. Yeah. Like there was... You know, sometimes, you know, there's seasons to everything. Mm-hmm. And you, you have to go through those seasons to appreciate, you know, like the, the season, you know, it's, it's yeah. like the winter that makes the spring feel so nice, you right. know, and it's the, it's the, you know, it's the summer that makes fall kind of like as well, like quite, you know, all these, this beauty in all of it. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, and so I think church was an interesting season. And in the midst of that, because the church is made up of 
people, mm -hmm. the people in the church, many of whom are going through a season where yeah. I feel like God is just stirring up something new and something fresh. So mm -hmm. I, I just think the songs kind of came out of that. It just mm -hmm. seemed like the right thing to do. Yeah. And there wasn't too much thought into doing a live album but naturally when you write a live album because when you were writing a live album mm -hmm. there's more thought goes into well how are these songs going to translate right. live right. and I think that was useful because Hillsong Worship obviously has been a live recording for so long United moved into kind of mm -hmm. doing studio albums mm -hmm. and I think United found its niche in kind of trying to find uh, maybe songs that kind of push into the fringe a little bit more mm -hmm. and connect with people in their iPod or elsewhere right. hopefully they can sing as well but yeah. Uh, that was where it went and it just seemed mm. like with this one coming back to that live experience at home mm. the songs kind of were just formed around that kind of intention and, yeah. um, and it's been amazing because you know we wrote the album obviously for church and whatnot, but yeah. we really wrote the album for the tour we just did Yeah. and so you know when we're writing these songs I'm thinking mm. okay just like imagining what people are going to sing like and um, and we just experienced that you know and um and it was everything and yeah. I, I can't even begin to explain yeah. it. It's just been amazing. I want to, yeah, we'll talk more about that in a second before we get there. For you, which of the songs is the most meaningful? Uh, for me, there's two. It'd be Highlands, yeah. to write with Ben, and then As You Find Me. Yeah. They sum up the journey mm. that, that, that um, I'm so grateful for now, you know, but I certainly wasn't grateful for it in the yeah. minute. But I just see, I just see what God was doing, you know. Mm. And um, I've talked about this before elsewhere and so mm. forth. But it's just, it's very clear to me now on the other side, you know, when you look back with some perspective, yeah. you, you just see what God needed to do some things. He needed to kind of break some things down and. Mm just clear out the path for yeah. this new thing I think he wanted to do. Mm. Um, and so Highland sums it up and, you know, I think that lyric, I mean, it was really funny because I was writing it kind of around Psalm 24. Right. And then Ben uh, had kind of concepts around Psalm 23. Right. And somehow we kind of managed in the to, middle. To, to meet in the middle. <laughs> yeah. And so you've got a song there that's kind of entrenched in Psalm 23, but Journeys in Psalm 24. And yeah. I, to me, that was, I think, what was on Cass's heart, mm -hmm. you know, with the conference yeah. as well, without really even knowing too yeah. much about it. But I was in the Highlands and I started singing these melodies and singing these words. And I, I can't even begin to explain it to you, but if you dive into those lyrics mm -hmm. in both either of those songs, mm -hmm. um, there's a whole lot of flesh and blood in there and, and a whole lot of God's grace kind of yeah. stitching it all together. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know about you, but I love how, like, your journey is completely different to mine. But the the way God, uh, I guess, uses say those songs, um, and the concept of highs and lows, concepts of mountaintops and valleys, it's it's common to us all. So you you are going through this whole thing, your own thing. You write a song that reflects that, and then that can then speak to me, and it can speak to you know people, and. That's awesome to me yeah. that God would do that 
I mean, that, but that's the word of God, you know? Yeah. Like, I mean, what I marvel at, I, I mean, gotta be honest, like I grew up in church. When you're young, you don't really get it, you yeah. know? Like you kind of get the word of God at some surfacey kind of level and maybe yeah. it gets you somewhere. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, like I remember the first time, you know, like I started to understand the word of God and I look at it now and it's, that's still the most foundational thing. Like if I lose that and start diving into yeah. these depths, everything has to be, in tra- there's a journey to yeah. it. So you build foundations that, yeah. you know, your faith is built on. Yeah. But it's the same for everyone. Like the, the yeah. Word of God, it's, and, and it has to be that way. If the, the Word is living and breathing, mm-hmm. then surely it's, it's living and breathing in a way that is, is real and meaningful to living, breathing people. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it 100%. does that. And I just love that God can, you know, it's the same with anything. A, a preacher will preach the Word of God. Mm. And it gets dissected a million different ways by yeah. a million different people who hear it. Mm. But in a way where God's able to use it to speak mm. to them. And, and I think our songs, if they're entrenched or the foundation is the Word of God, then yeah. they should be able to do the same thing. Yeah, I'm with yeah. you. Um, which of the songs from the album was the hardest to write? Um, I guess that you can interpret that how you like. <laughs> well, funnily enough, probably Good Grace. I think because it's like it's something all those, it's been around for a long time. You know, I've been sitting on it for a long, long, long time. And, mm. And it was a melody first song, you know, so it was... Okay, which is was, that question. Yeah, Songs or, or yeah. you know, lyrical well, there's melody. a melody and it's got a feeling attached to it. Right. And then you're trying to put words to it. Yeah. And um, it just was, I mean, you had a million different kind of versions that never mm. felt right. And, um, and then where it landed, you know, I think it was, it just seemed like when that came through, it just, I was, again, I didn't see it coming, you know, and here's a song you've been sitting on for maybe 10 years, you know, wow. so it's like, yeah, and the timing was right for now. So yeah. it's just, it's, that's the thing where I've learned as well with God, like the mm. trusting, you know, it's mm. like sometimes you get impatient. And yeah. I just, I've, I've learned to know that if something's not going to work in this season, like it's set up for a, mm. a better season, you know? Yeah, right. Yeah. So then you said you had that song for ages, at least melody. Mm. Lyric as well, concept? No, that's newer. No, the, the good grace, like good God, good, like yeah. maybe that was a part of it for a while. Yeah, right. But um, it, it's it's funny because I think even then, like the clean hands, pure heart thing, you know, yeah. like that really kind of, it was in diving into Highlands, mm. you know, right. and that came that came out of it. And then Cass spoke it and it was just right there in front of us. It right. was just, and I'm like, oh my gosh, like mm. it was sitting there the whole time. And, um, but yeah, that wasn't there. It's just... I mean, I wrote all kinds of lyrics, but right. the phrasing, if you actually take the melody, especially in the bridge, this is, you know, it's a very strange melody format. It's not easy <laughs> one to wrap words around because you okay. don't know where the start of the sentence should be. Now it's obvious because right. we know it, yeah. but I look at it now and I was like, oh my goodness, the sentence should start here. Right. You know? And then it made right. sense. So then, for you, 
Are you writing things that are uh, that God's speaking to you about, and 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 sort of that come out of your own, obviously your own journey? There's some of that, but but when you you've got a blank canvas, going to write an album, mm. like do you do you just have a repertoire of lessons God's taught me, or how do you find the stuff? Like where do you how do you start? Yeah, I mean, it's like any, how do you start anything? You know, I think. It's, I mean, you've got to trust God. Like, I, don't, I have no idea. Like, I remember you sit there and you go, I, like, God, I don't know. Like, you will have songs. Like, there's songs. Yeah. But I'm talking about the content. Like, what are they going to say? Right. How are they going to translate? Like, it's, it's more this journey of, I think, in process, like I said, you put pen to paper, mm. you know, and you start moving or mm-hmm. just put some paint down. Yeah. And, and before you know it, you don't even know it. You look at it and go, oh, my goodness, there's a picture forming here, you know, like actually right. this... And it's almost like a stream of consciousness thing, but I believe that God works through that. So it's like these songs, you know, like there's mysteries, there's these things that are too deep for understand, like these, you know, and, and we have these groanings, you know, these too yeah. deep uh, for words. And and yet the whole concept, because it's, it's actually a ridiculous concept to think that God would mm. allow us mm. to bring something that's mm. going to bring Him yeah. praise, you know, like yeah. that, that, like, mm. I get uh, it. <laughs> what are we talking about? Yeah. Like, it's silly, you know, like yeah. it doesn't make any sense, but that's the beauty of God and that's how He works. Yeah. And so just like anything else in life, mm. I think sometimes we feel like we have to look at everything and, and go, oh, how, everything has to be right and mm. then there'll be a perfect plan. And now, But God's like, the journey is not that. It's a pilgrimage. That's yeah. what Highlands is about. It's yeah, this yeah. journey mm. of kind of like just putting one foot in front of the other and allowing yeah. His grace to lead us. Mm. He gives us a lamp to our feet. You know yeah. what I mean? It doesn't give us the... Mm. the the big spotlight view all the way down the road. Yeah. It's the same with the song. And so as mm. it forms, things start to piece together. And then you look at it and you go, man, like, I mean, hopefully at the end of it, you look back and go, man, like God was in this because there's stuff there that yeah. like you can't even figure out. Like I think about this is a little thing like Highlands, right? Mm. It kind of like it's, if you look at the melodies, it's it's like there's ascending the chords, the chords are descending, okay. the melody is ascending, and it keeps doing that. And then when the chords ascend, the melody descends, which is and awesome. everything goes up and down. Yeah. And it's all about the whole concept of the song mm. is that we're on this this ascent mm. is not who who who, dare, who could dare ascend this mountain yeah. of the Lord, you know? Like mm. it's not about you know it's only because He came down to yeah. us, and so it's that concept of the river, yeah. And but the, it's written in the melody. Now that I, I didn't formulate, Ben didn't formulate any of that. Right. Like that was. When did you realize that was there? Thing. Oh, well, uh, well, right. Well, you yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was, it was more when you, it just was there. But yeah. there's this sub- spirit, subliminal right. spirit thing. Mm. Obviously, God's. Mm. I don't, like I don't know. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think we're near smart enough to figure that out. Yeah. But it happens. It happens with lots of songs. And mm. and like I said, for me, there's this feeling with a song, and then you just spend forever trying to. What's the right way of saying that? You yeah, know? yeah, which I've witnessed over yeah. and over the struggle of the right lyric. Yeah, um, I know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask it anyway. When do you know when it's right? When do you? When is it? When do you go? Ah, oh, that's it. Honestly, when, like, I know it sounds funny, like, but when the, it feels right. I mean, we did like Whole Heart, for example. I gave that. I had that song again for a while. Gave it to Aiden to try and write lyrics for. Mm. And he wrote a, like a ton of lyrics and we, we spent a lot of time on that song. Mm. It just never felt right. We bought it. People sung it. We sung it at, at Creative, you know, <laughs> like um, Team Night. And we yeah. sung it a few other places. We sang yeah. in church. Yeah. People were like, that's great. And I'm just going, it's not, it's not right. It's right. just not right. It's not there. And the same thing, you know, you get to this point where it's, 
very, very simple, but it was like that second pre-chorus just kind of landed. And to me, it just kind of tied the whole thing together. Yeah. And then it just felt right. Mm. And then even after we recorded it, I think we went back and edited what we had because um, I wanted to take out something because it felt too clunky. Right. So we took out the, we had a different pre-chorus as well. We took that out and mm. sung the same pre-chorus twice in the first two verses. Mm. Doing that, it seems funny, but it just allows the journey of the mm. song to, to kind of feel right when you want the bits to feel yeah. right. And I, I, again, it's not this thing that you necessarily craft. It's just like you just, it's like how does a painter know when to let a painting go? You know, yeah. at some point you have to. Yeah. But there's also, sometimes you just got to put it on the shelf yeah. and look at it for a long time and yeah. go, yeah. I know it needs something more. Yeah. There's a quote um, that art is never, it's not finished, it's yeah. abandoned. Which I think is what you're describing. Hey? Yeah, sure. you just kind of, yeah, I, think, I think it was Picasso. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it was too. Um, then, does it surprise you? You know, you write a song, you bring it to church. Does it surprise you still that people capture it and sing it, and it goes far and wide? I mean, yeah. I mean, there's always like I like to think of these gift songs. You know, like the songs that feel like gifts, the songs that feel like they're hard work and labour, yeah. and but there's songs also that. You just go, oh, that's not us. Like, that's right. not, that's something. God, I'm just grateful that. Yeah. And and those songs tend to be the ones that God breathes on. And then that blows your mind every single time, you know. Yeah. And, I mean, yeah. And like I said before, the whole concept is ridiculous. Like, that, that we even get to do this. Like, yeah. And I, I found myself, like, I've never wanted to take anything for granted. Not, not one bit. Mm. I've been passionate about that forever, but... There's like a new lease of gratitude right. that like that only comes sometimes, I guess, on the other side of something. Yeah. It's like if you have a moment where you you know like your life flashes before your eyes, or you nearly die, or like you know, yeah. you, all of a sudden you're like, my goodness, like everything's beautiful, like yeah. the traffic is beautiful, right. like people are beautiful, <laughs> right. you know, like you're just yeah. grateful for things you're not normally grateful for. Yeah. And I think I that's it. where we're at, you know, mm. for sure. Yeah. Right. Um, okay. So then. You've been on this tour, 33 cities, probably more. You've got some more coming. Um, how did that, how is that different to what you've been doing in the past? Uh, well, I mean, just kind of like what I just said. I mean, I feel like, you know, we, 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 we took a break with United there. Yeah. For what ended up being about 18 months, you know. And uh, I think it's just the best thing that we could have done for yeah. everybody. Um, so you come back into it fresh, mm-hmm. new, just like that new kind of lease of life and gratitude. Mm. The decision for me on this, and we talked about it, like it was just to really be present mm-hmm. in, in each moment mm-hmm. and see it for what it is, yeah. and, and realize. I mean, even calling the people to her, mm. it's it's understanding like that, like this is it's about it's about people. Mm-hmm. It actually, of course, it's about God, but yeah. it's about people yeah. and every single story. Mm in this room matters to God, mm. every single person's journey. Yeah. We have this moment like that is incredible that we mm. get to do or be a part of something. And, um, and, and what we saw was exactly that, like the buy-in was unbelievable. And, and the stories, like the testimonies yeah. and the things we heard and like yeah, yeah. individual, like every single night, just thing after thing. And you'd walk away from every night because it becomes, the crowd becomes a blur. Like that's not it, you know, like it's, it's the moments that happen that you take away. So all the takeaways for us yeah. are these like, you just, you talk about any space, any venue, and I'd be like, in this person, mm-hmm. we met this person or this, yeah. you know, and it, yeah, yeah. it was treasuring those moments. And then also, you know, realizing that in the midst of that, we got to 
I don't know. I can't even explain it. Yeah. Bro, it was just amazing. Mm. Obviously, lots and lots of people turned up mm. and um, came and worshipped. But I've heard just little snippets, just individual stories like that you've sent us or right, right. that you know you see or hear from emails. And um, and I love it that in amongst thousands of people, God's God's actually seeing the individual. Yeah. There's one story I don't know if you'll remember. It was. Um, you were moving from the A stage to the yeah, B yeah. stage and encountered a guy with his family. Yeah, do you want me to share it? Yeah. Okay, well, um, yeah, it was actually at Staples. So it was in LA, it's mm-hmm. big, you know. And so, so there's a moment in the night where we go from the A stage to the B stage. And right. you know what was cool about this was we just we just would walk through the crowd. So basically we get the crowd singing stand. Mm-hmm. So they're all kind of singing stand, everyone's eyes closed, and then we just disappear off stage. So no yeah. one's leading it, don't have to. And, we walk out. So, you know, you walk through the crowd and it's so funny because most people, and every now and then people will see you and they'll be like, hi, and so you shake their hand and right. sometimes it feels awkward. But I'm like, why would that feel awkward? So I'd just give people hugs. I'd find a yeah. security guard and just whatever it was. And every now and then, like, so one time there was a guy um, and he's just like standing there with his arms folded, like just looking. And it's like, I'll stand with him. So I just walked up to him and grabbed his arms and just put them in the air. <laughs> and he's like, oh, hey, you know, like just fun things like that. And every yeah. night it was different. Well, I'm walking along. Um, Staples Center. So he walked probably by about two or three hundred people just on the right side and same yeah. left. And there's this guy and he's sitting down and he's on his phone. So I just kind of like, just kind of walked up to him as I'm walking out there and I'm going, oh, what game are you playing? <laughs> like, because I just thought maybe he's playing <laughs> yeah. a game on his phone. And he looks at me and then he like kind of, he doesn't realise who I, he right. realize he's not expecting it. No, no, yeah. no, absolutely. He's not expecting it. Right. And then so I just, I just kind of kept moving. I was like, oh, kept moving. Walked out. We did the B stage right there for about 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Then on the way back, so will I is playing. And I'm walking back. And as I'm walking back, I just see this kid. He's like an eight, there's two kids, like probably eight years old. And um, and uh, I think I was, I can't remember if I was wearing a hat or not, but I was just was going to just give this kid this hat. So yeah. then next thing I didn't realise, next to him is the same guy. Right. And he grabs me by the arm. Mm. And he pulls me in. And I'm like, oh, like quite, almost quite aggressively. Mm. And he, he, he says to me, because I'd just done a little talk, he's like, hey, what you just said, what? And then he just starts bursting into tears. So I just, we just started hugging. Um, and he's holding on me so tight. And then he he says in my ear, and I'm, I wasn't sure if I heard him right at first, because yeah. he goes like, um, my wife and um, I think his daughter had just passed away. And he says, this is my, like my son, his sister and his mum just passed away. She was meant to be here tonight in a, I think it was a boating accident. And I, I was just like, oh, I'm like, what on earth? You know, was a, we sat there and we prayed. I just prayed for him and, um, and you know, got back on stage. And I'm like, what? Like, what was that? And I just thought like, like how good is God? Like, because this is what you trust that He's doing. Like, and yeah. I talk about it every night. Yeah. But that He would have it. That on the way up and on the way back, like I'm not saying I'm, I'm not gonna. Surely that moment's not gonna quench that grief, you know. But at the very least, I felt like maybe it was just that God just wanted yeah. him and his son to know yeah. that, like, of all the people in the crowd, you know, it was just the chances of that were crazy. And uh, yeah. but there was there was things like that over, over and, and over, over again. Yeah, and, um, yeah, yeah as well. I um, I think it's great. I think yeah. it's great that God would allow you to walk that aisle and do that to that guy yeah, and, and so for the circumstances to be yeah. what they were. And I feel like that is, um, 
you know, we could, it's so easy to go, oh, but you're Joel Houston and you're on a big platform and you travel the world and of course that would happen to you. But that happens to us all the time. Yeah. As in people are there and we have the opportunity to yeah. stop and interact. And I know yeah. for me, I would probably be a bit, a bit resident, uh, hesitant to, to do it. But I think when you hear those stories, it's like, no, 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 yeah. no God's moving all the time. We, we need yeah. to get on with it. So I think there's a mature, I don't know, maybe it's just like we're older. I don't, maybe I just don't care as much yeah. or whatever. But um, I just feel like the difference now, like sometimes you feel ashamed. Like you've, you wouldn't want to talk to people because you don't want to look yeah. like you, you're in it for those reasons. Now I, was right. like, I couldn't care less, man. Like yeah. I just, it just feels so nice to be able to kind of, um, I think and all of our guys feel this like, way, like the spirit amongst the team, like, you know, you journey enough, you go through enough seasons, you know, um, it's like you, the priorities that you always talk about, they just become cement. And it's such a beautiful place to live your life from um, because you know where your value is or you yeah. know what really matters. Yeah. And I pray we, we can hold on to that because yeah, again, life is seasons, it's repetitive, but yeah. His grace is repetitive too. So, yeah. you know, um, yeah, it's, it was, it's been really cool for yeah. us. So the tour is uh, sort of almost done. You've got a few more States, cities. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, a few more cities in the States and then South America and who knows where from then. Yeah, but, there's um, a whole world out there. There's a lot of people in the there's world. There's a lot of people, you're right. Hey, um, it's gone too fast. I wish we could speak longer. Thanks heaps for coming, for chatting with me. I want to encourage you because... The lows, the highs, yeah. it's all worth it, hey? Yeah, bro. Yeah. It's a journey. Yeah. So if you're watching or listening out there, keep going. God will use you. We're all people and there's heaps of people to reach. So who knows, hey? Yeah. Cheers. Amen. It's always a blast talking to Joel. He's so obviously at the forefront of what is happening in church music, in worship music, and man, I enjoyed hearing his perspective and I hope you did too. Hey, if you wanna keep up or find out what's happening with United and what's coming up with them, go to the website hillsong.com forward slash United. So next up, we've got today's Q&A. So we're answering some of your questions. Let's jump straight into it. So I'm here with Cass and our question for today is this, how do you combine creativity and leadership when you feel like maybe they're two separate things in your life? All right, that is an interesting question. I feel like you have dealt with a number of our staff where you've had these conversations. So why don't you start with this one? <laughs> Turning the tables. <laughs> yep. Okay. Um, yeah, it's an interesting one. I guess I've, I've spoken with lots of people over the years. People who've attended our worship and creative conference have asked me about this question because um, I think really what's at the heart of it is someone's a, an artist, a, a creative. They want to be creating, but they find themselves in a leadership position, which means they're not doing the thing that they actually love to do. They're leading people who do the thing that they love to do. Right. And so there can be a sense of missing out. And and I guess that in that, I think that we have to find outlets for the things that we love to do. And, um, and so from that perspective, it might be that we continue to be creative or to be artistic and, and find an avenue for that that is not within the sort of boundaries of church leadership or team leadership. Um, so not letting go of the creative creativity, holding on to that, doing that, but keeping it separate and then making sure that we're leading and inspiring our team. Um, the reason I say that is because I think sometimes we need to be, as leaders, pushing the boundaries of our creativity and really maybe even exemplifying what we're looking for from our creatives. So as a musician, instead of stop playing, stopping playing music, 
in your spare time, perhaps even pushing that and, and really investing into that so that you can show the team what it is you're looking for. Um, sometimes there's, there's an occasion where you might have to lay it down. Um, you know, just time wise, it might not be able, you might physically not be able to do both. But on the whole, I think that, it, that, um, if you're doing something that you love, then you should continue doing that and also um, steward the leadership that God's put in your hand. Now, having said that, sometimes people are artists and they're not really meant to be leaders. We see that in our environment where where people can play an instrument or they can do a particular task better than anybody else. And the leadership side of things is is sort of secondary. They're not, they're not really skilled at that and perhaps never will be. And so I think... Um, you know, I guess, guess for us looking at our team, we need to be careful that we don't put people in the leadership positions just because they can do a task. Um, it, just because they're a great, you know, guitarist, let's say, doesn't mean they'll be a great leader. So when we're making those decisions, we need to look at what people's, where people's skill sets really lie and allow them to shine in that. So I'm not sure if that answered the question. Do you have anything you wanted to add? But um, Maybe only that I think leadership can actually be one of the most creative things that you do. Yes. So potentially, um, with a little bit of a perspective change, communicating is an incredibly creative exercise and putting people into the right roles is incredibly creative and thinking of different ways and alternative ways to do things, creative. Mm. And so maybe it doesn't have to be so disconnected. They could actually come together if you just think a little bit differently about what leadership is. Yes, 100% agree. Going on what you said, though, from a leadership perspective, if you see yourself as creative and a leader, then you can combine the two. And then it's about really bringing creativity to the leadership, which is what you're saying, but working out ways to outwork that in everyday life. So when it comes to speaking, if you're speaking to your team, then how can that be a creative endeavour as opposed to just seeing it as speaking to the team? Right, because I think creativity makes you feel something. Mm. And so often when you lead, you want people that you lead to feel, to engage and to remember and Mm. to be moved by what you're talking about. Mm. So I think if we think a little bit differently about all of those things, it's going to help our teams to get better. Mm. A few years ago, you spoke on overcoming fears. Okay. And Maddie has a question on any advice on how to not let fear hold you back. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good question because I think we all face fear from time to time. And even though we may not call it that or we may not acknowledge it, we avoid certain situations or we don't put ourselves in, in places where um, someone might confront us or there's all sorts of ways that fear might hold us back. Um, so like I think when you look down at a prayer meeting hoping that nobody will ask you to pray? Yeah, for example. <laughs> right. Yeah, you, you, exactly that. Or when someone you're in a meeting and someone looks to you f- to speak f- uh, about something and then you point to somebody else who can speak about it or whatnot. They're all, I think they're all little areas of anxiety or of fear and places where they're holding us back. When it comes to our lives and stepping into all God has for us, I think that as creatives we have um, fear can be a trigger to imagination. So I think often what we're doing by by having fear is that we're imagining a future that's negative. Right. We, we look at the Bible and God says he's with us. He says he's got big plans for us. He says he's got a future. Um, you know, he's got us in the palm of his hands and he's got a great future for us. And yet we imagine the opposite. We imagine that we're going to step out and fail. Or if people like me, at least, we imagine that things might go negatively. But 
instead, I think that we can, when we feel the sense of fear or we have a sense of anxiety about the future, we can stop, use it as a trigger point to then reimagine, okay, I think this might happen, but imagine it doesn't. Imagine as God, God is true to his word and he's going to come through for us. Imagine that the future is bright and hopeful and um, and good and not negative. Right. And I found, I think that, I've found that helps. Okay, I love that. But what when your experience tells you you can't do something? So you've actually failed. And now you've got to step back into that space and go again. Because I think I watch that most weekends with worship leaders or musicians or people in different areas where they had a rough week the week before and fear almost takes them out Mm. of doing what they feel called to do again. Yeah, I think that's a great question too, which is there's so many answers to that, right? right? But one might be to have people in your life that you can go to and work with on assessing why it is that that thing went wrong and is it because I'm actually not meant to be doing it or is it because I just had a bad day or I need to work on a certain area? I can remember the first time I had to speak and I'd never spoken in church before and it was a Mother's Day morning. Mm -hmm. There's maybe 3,500 people in an auditorium. I don't think I'd ever even used a microphone before. Yep. (laughs) And I felt that feeling of fear Mm. and anxiety of failing in front of a lot of people. Mm. I can remember going to see Robert Ferguson, who's our teaching pastor, and he really, really simply took me into the auditorium, mm. made the CT production team turn on the microphones, mm. and made me stand on the stage mm. with the microphone and actually begin to practice. Mm. And I think often that's the basic stuff that helps you to overcome fear yes. is getting some flight time and yep. some practice mm. and somebody older and more mature and more seasoned mm. who goes, okay, you're imagining the worst, like you said. Mm-hmm. Now let me help you to imagine how this actually plays out, like the facts of it. Yeah. Yeah, because I think maybe maybe in some occasions fear is a bit of a pride thing for some people, as in um, we, we thought we could do it and then it turns out we can't do it and so then we're fearful of, of actually doing right. it. We question ourselves and it could be as simple as, rehearsing more. Right. It could be as simple as actually practicing a little bit more, maybe watching back um, that time you spoke or that time you led or whatever. And Which facing, is awful, by the way. <laughs> 100% it's awful. But facing the reality. Um, right. They say that great leaders need to be self-aware leaders, yeah. a little bit maybe self-obsessed, so that we're looking at ourselves to go, what is it about me that I need to improve or grow right. in or change in order to do all that God has for me to do? Um, sometimes we don't want to do that because we're fearful of what we might find, right. but it's facing that and head on. And changing the things we need to change and growing in the areas we need to grow in. And, and I think most of our team, when you talk to them, would often say that they do what they do afraid. Mm. So the fear never leaves, but the trust grows in God's ability to actually come through. Yeah. And so they get up on platforms and they lead and they do all sorts of stuff, still with butterflies in their stomachs, mm-hmm. but somewhere if they just keep going, yeah. they get over it, they realise that it's about other people, not about themselves, and mm. then they step into that space. Yeah, and the reality is, just to wrap up, I guess the reality is that if God is asking us to do stuff like he asked the people in the Bible to do, like no one wanted to do it because they, they knew they couldn't do it on their own. They needed God to come through. They needed him to right. be with them. And I think as soon as we think we can do whatever it is we, we you know have in front of us on our own, we're in the wrong spot. Yeah. So it's a bit of a tricky thing where we need to be, we need to sort of um, sort of push through fear and do things even though we're fearful, um, but then also not be so arrogant to think that we can achieve 
all that God would have us do on our own. We need to actually, and if we can, then obviously we don't have a big enough vision of what God might have us do. Um, so we need to actually have that balance right and and um, get a good vision, but also push through when fear right. kind of rises up. That's it for today's episode. I hope you've enjoyed it and it's been useful for your journey. If you haven't already, I'd love to take a minute just to encourage you to subscribe. When you do that, you become part of our growing community of creatives who are trying their best to live out their faith through their creativity. So join us anywhere you find your podcasts, subscribe, and then you won't miss out on anything. And I always love to hear from you. So please write us a review on Apple Podcasts or iTunes. It helps with the visibility of the podcast and it lets us know what you think, what you're enjoying and where we can go with the podcast in the future. Aside from that, you can write to me on Twitter at Rich Langton and we'll talk to you next time.